This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, and welcome to NARC. Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. This is where you can go to find a whole library of resources from over 260 articles, 225 podcasts, and um, a virtual video vlog, and numerous other things that will help you understand narcissistic abuse, how to recover from it, and all the stuff that's all uh, about the narcissist and stuff. So check out narctroopers.com. Today we're talking about, is the narcissist made or born? Is NPD inherited by genetic factors? That sure is something to, to think about, right? Think about the families of the narcissist that you know. Numerous studies and articles have been published in recent years about the etymology of narcissistic personality disorder. Genes never manifest alone, but prefer to work in groups which are responsible for the emergence of certain traits. There is no such thing as a single identifiable gene that is responsible for anything from cluster B disorders to addictions, alcoholism, or any confluence of traits. It cannot be reduced to just one single factor due to its many, many variables. It's a complicated thing, but it certainly can be a contributing factor. There can be an underlying genetic uh, predisposition that predisposes a person to certain traits and disorders. Narcissism is a complicated disorder that cannot be traced back to any one single factor. It is a perfect storm of many factors that work in concert with one another. There is both internal environment, which are things like neurochemicals, hormones, and stuff like that. And then there's the external um, environment, which could be epigenetics, generational trauma, things like this, reactions to stimuli and um, to experiences that shape a person and can catalyze the development of certain disorders. In the newest edition of the DSM, we are transitioning from a set criteria of identifying features to a more nuanced and individualized experience, depending on many different factors. There is a transition happening right now to a model that has no type constancy as narcissism is a dynamic, constantly changing, fluid condition. There is a movement towards the idea that narcissism is a compensatory response, among other things, and that there is most likely a contribution of heredity uh, on the way that NPD manifests, but it is not the only factor so genes may create a propensity or a predisposition 
that one person may develop NPD while another in a similar circumstance may not. Because I know we often uh, think about how that happens in the same family, how some of them turn out to be narcissists and some of them don't. And they all experience the same uh, dysfunctional, toxic childhood. Well, it's not all of this, you know, there's lots of pieces and lots of parts to the narcissist pie. The three authors of the Dimensional Assessment of Personality Pathology study, um, which consisted of Levesley, Jackson, and Schroeder, they joined forces with Yang in 1993 to study whether 18 of the personality dimensions were heritable. They found, yes, that somewhere between 40% and 60% of the, re- that, you know, of the recurrence of certain personality traits across generations can be explained by heredity. Anxiousness, callousness, cognitive distortion, compulsivity um, is another one, identity problems, uh, oppositionality, as in oppositional defiant disorder diagnosed early in children, rejection, restricted expression, social avoidance, uh, stimulus seeking, and even suspiciousness and paranoia can be heritable traits. Each and every one of these qualities associated with a personality disorder (coughs) can be um, diagnosed. In a roundabout way, therefore, this study supports the hypothesis that personality disorders are hereditary, at least to some degree. And this was from Dr. Sam Vaknin, of course. Um, Clearly, certain traits are indeed heritable, and it is a complex stew of ingredients that make a narcissist the disordered individual that they are. Many factors, in addition to genetics, uh, they come into play, including generational trauma, epigenetic factors, environment, toxic and dysfunctional parenting, personal disposition, the way you're just hardwired at birth, I guess, amount of support or external intervention that's there early on in life, um, and a plethora of other elements are baked into the recipe. Dr. Rasna Kar Neelam compiled the following studies for her article, The Role of Genetics in Narcissistic Personality Disorder. She goes on to say, one of the earliest and most cited research studies on twins relating to personality traits was published in 1996 by a team of researchers from Canada. The team assessed 483 volunteer twin pairs, 236 identical and 247 being fraternal twins. Each individual was asked to complete a questionnaire at home alone. The questionnaire called the uh, differential questionnaire um, had 560 questions that asked about the person's personality. In this study, by comparing the fraternal and identical twins, narcissism got a heritability score 
of 53%, which is in alignment with the other study I just read that said 40 to 60%. This means that researchers now believe that genetics accounted for 53% of narcissism in these individuals, in these twins. And then there was also one more, a large study in Norway involving over 3,000 sets of twins examining personality disorders and their genetic basis, which was published in 2008. In this more recent study, modeling of the twins' data led researchers to believe that about 33% or more of narcissism disorder has a genetic basis, while the rest was caused by environmental uh, influences. In 2007, a study examining participants from the United States and Canada studied a genetic component of the dark triad, a group of three personality traits, including narcissism, Machiavellianism, and subclinical psychopathy in 139 pairs of twins. After looking at identical and fraternal twins, researchers determined that the genetic effect on narcissists was 59%. So you can see that these studies reveal that there is a likely genetic component to narcissism, but it's unclear exactly how big or small that genetic effect is. Uh, an outcome that's um, consistent with other studies on personality disorders which are notoriously hard to quantify scientifically. We don't know how many narcissists there are in the world. You know, when I hear these studies that it's like 3% or 5%, I think, ha, brouhaha, ha, ha, that is ridiculous because, you know, the majority of narcissists are off the radar, off the grid. They don't go for treatment. They don't go for diagnosis. They're not seeking help. They blame shift and think everybody else has the problem. They don't feel any need to go unless it's some compulsory mandated thing by some law enforcement or divorce court or something like that. They're not going to go. And when they do go, let me tell you what, they are masters of deception. They go in there and they lie and they charm and they cheat and they twist things and spin things. And before you know it, that um, therapist, that person evaluating them is so bamboozled and confused and manipulated and exploited, they never know what hit them. And that happens to even the best, the most highly trained mental health professionals are not um, impervious to the narcissist's brainwashing ability. So when you try to say how many numbers there are, how in the heck would you know? Seriously, that's just ridiculous. And people should stop even saying numbers in the first place when they have no idea, absolutely no idea. I think it's something like, I don't know, 18, 20%. And that's a conservative guess is, is what I think. That, and, and it's on a spectrum. I'm talking about probably 18% of the population, uh, based on my research, uh, has it. And a lot of these are, are, they have not officially been diagnosed, but they're clearly clearly have um, a disorder. And I would say, yeah, 18%, 20% maybe. Uh, and it's increasing all the time. But these are the ones that are pathological, malignant on the deep end of the spectrum, where they were full-blown narcissists. 
you know, since it's a spectral disorder, we're not talking about the people on the shallow end. All of us have narcissistic traits. Every human being has that. And it's healthy and it's normal on the shallow end, way over there on the far left. Then you go kind of approach the middle and you're getting into dangerous territory where it is creating a disturbance and a disruption in that person's life in a significant way and preventing them from having healthy relationships, yada, yada. And then you cross that middle mark and you get over on into that other 50% on the far right. And this is where you come into the mentally unhealthy, unstable, unwell people who are delusional. They are having magical thinking. They're irrational. They have uh, dissociative um, qualities and on and on, usually comorbidities, part psychopath, part sociopath as well. So I'm talking about those, the ones on the deep end, that other 50%. Yeah, I would say at least 18, 20% of our population because they're undiagnosed and they trick these mental health professionals, you know, um, every day they do. So uh, clearly there's a genetic component in the creation of NPD, but what we need to remember is what Dr. Vaknin emphasizes when he says it's only one of many factors. There may be a heritable component, but narcissism is a multi-layered condition caused by numerous contributing factors like a perfect storm. There may be genetic variants in things like uh, serotonin manufacturing and processing, neurochemicals like cortisol and dopamine, actual brain deficits in the hippocampus, prefrontal cortex, amygdala, and other regions of the brain and limbic system that are that have serious impairments and deficits um, and a predisposition in personality traits that provide fertile ground for the disorder to take root and a significant environment, um, environmental external condition like trauma, abuse, neglect, parentifying, instrumentalizing, and all this other just mess of stuff, failure to individuate at the crucial developmental childhood phase when it's supposed to happen. All these stuff, these things combined um, is what gives birth to a malignant pathological person with this disorder. It's probably caused by the tragic confluence of all of these factors and maybe even more that we don't even know about that we're not even aware of yet. Um, So, you know, we're very far from identifying the exact things that make a narcissist. There is still a vast frontier of exploratory study that must be completed before we can proclaim anything with certainty. In the meantime, Genetic components are most surely a contributing factor in the creation of NPD and other cluster B disorders. But at this time, it's impossible to ascertain to what degree these heritable genes are responsible. Personality disorders, like all mental illnesses, are a complex network of things gone wrong and the inability to get back on the right path. Lives of both the mentally disabled and those who love them uh, are inextricably and ineluctably, ineluctably, you know, that's one of Dr. Vaknin's words. I'm trying to incorporate that into 
my writing. I think this is the first time I've used it. And the first time I've said this word, it's a new word. Ding, ding, ding. Ineluct, ineluctably, ineluctably, irrevocably, inextricably, and to go along right with that, meaning the same thing, ineluctably. Yep, that's my, my new word. You're going to hear that from me again. Oh, yeah. And I'll try not to stumble through it next time. Anyway, uh, for the for those people who have it and for the people who love them, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it is a very sad and tragic thing. And I just think we can look at the families of the people who have profound cluster B disorders and you can see a pattern. You can see other people in the family. They're not the only ones. You can look and say, wow, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and that kind of thing, because there's definitely some patterns there going on that are showing, um, showing up for us to see. Okay, folks, that was it. Uh, I've been um, <clears throat> a little bit down since the first of the year. This is already March 1st. I've been struggling past these last two months. First part of January, I had COVID, and then I had um, a major surgery here a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of, um, you know, recovering um, that I've been doing, but I'm, I'm getting there, and I'm still here. I'm still here for you. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to keep on keeping on on this journey. We're going to try to understand everything we can so we can identify these people and Put our boundaries down and keep our distance. We are going to understand not just about the narcissist, but about the whole dynamic of the relationships that we have with them and how we can avoid having that happen by working on ourselves and what to do for ourselves to um, fortify our defenses against these uh, disordered and dangerous people. Okay, guys, that's it. Keep reading my articles on Medium. Um, and keep listening to the podcast, which are, um, much, uh, sort of, I use the articles as a springboard for what we talk about here. Um, so it's almost kind of like, you know, a, um, and, and, and a version you can listen to with little extra bits put in or left out and, um, elucidated for you. Um, a little bit different from the written article, but essentially all the research and all the time goes into the writing it. And then I take that piece, use it for notes and do these podcasts. That's kind of how that works. So if you want to read more about this, go to medium and look through my 260 plus articles that I have on there. You're going to find something about everything um, that you could possibly want to know about this. And I'm just going to keep going because there's always more to learn. And um, there's so much misinformation and disinformation about narcissism. It's become mainstream and everybody talks about it. And the majority, the vast majority, 90% of the people that talk about it all the time in a pop psychology kind of way have no idea what it is. And I just kind of hate that because it, in a way, takes away from the gravity of the situation. In reality, you know, it is a much more serious thing than, than these people can that they, that they understand. So, um, we should all be researching so that we know what we're talking about and that we have a deep understanding of what this is because it threatens everyone and everything 
the world is increasingly becoming more disordered, more mentally ill, more narcissistic, sociopathic, and psychopathic. And I think if we become aware of it, it gives us a better chance of surviving it, of finding a way to stop it we, and to stop glorifying it, to stop supporting it and propping it up and saying, yay, you know, good for you. No matter what you had to do, what unscrupulous, unethical, immoral thing you had to do to get to the top, that's okay because you got to the top. So snaps for you. That's crazy. Uh, when did we lose our direction so much that that's what we believe, that it doesn't matter? You know, the ends, the, the means justify the ends or whatever, however that saying goes, it doesn't. We have to keep to our uh, ethics and our values all the time, every day uh, in, in leading our lives. And that's the only way that we can um, move forward with this world and not end up in the, in the mess that we're in right now. Okay, guys, short little 20 minute podcast today. Uh, much love to all of you. Keep on going. Bye-bye.